It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into Darius Baisley breaking out against the Hornets. What does this mean moving forward? How sustainable is this for Darius Baisley and the Thunder? SGA continues to play at a star level. Pokashevsky propaganda is running wild, rightfully so. And what can Lindy Waters and Vic Critchie be long-term for the Thunder after this recent stretch? All that and more coming up. On today's Lockdown Thunder podcast, on Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Thunderpod. Email the show, Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder falling to the Hornets as Darius Baisley continues to break out. SGA is just unbelievable against the Hornets in, in this recent stretch since the All-Star break. Pokashevsky provides a ton of flashes. Vit and Lindy Waters both are interesting candidates to look at moving forward for the Thunder. And what is the evaluation point right now for those two players? We'll talk about all of that and more. Loaded week of Lockdown Thunder coming up for you today. We're going to recap that Hornets game on Wednesday. Richard Stamen joins the show to talk about the NCAA tournament and how that impacts the NBA draft on Thursday. We're going to have a Spurs recap on Friday. We're going to grade your takes and have a mailbag episode. So send in your takes about the NBA, about the Thunder, and also your questions on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles to be featured on the show. On Saturday, we're going to have a Heat recap on Monday, a Magic recap Tuesday, Celtics recap Wednesday, another NBA draft special with Richard Stamen recapping the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. And then on Thursday, we're going to recap that Magic game, which is going to be so important for the Thunder in their whole tanking process, uh, you know, process. And then Friday, we'll have a stock watch and power ranking episode to kind of see where the Thunder are at for the final couple of weeks of the season as they start, re- uh, you know, kind of winding down the regular season in the NBA. So a lot to get to this week coming up here on Locked on Thunder. Make sure you subscribe across all platforms, including the platform of YouTube. That way you never miss an episode. And be sure to make us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Talking Thunder basketball just laid out our whole schedule for the next week. So make sure you tune back in for all of those episodes. But let's start with Darius Baisley. I think that Darius Baisley is the most important and the most um, kind of lead story from this recent stretch of games, especially against the Hornets. He scores 25 points, four rebounds, four assists, goes four for nine from three, 44%. 55% from the floor on 35 minutes. 
And Darius Baisley, since the bubble ended, you know, and, and you know, you get into last season and this season, has just been ridiculed, crucified. I mean, has just been taken down by the Thunder fan base since the bubble. A bubble in which he played really well in. He's a young guy that has not really gotten the chance to grow because of a lot of different factors, right? Number one, he's the longest tenured Thunder player, and we've seen him the most as Thunder fans. So even though he's still young in the NBA sphere, and even though he's by no means an old player, he is old news to Thunder fans. At 21 years old, Thunder fans have just given up on Darius Baisley. They had. I mean, look at the comment section from last year, this year. Anytime you bring up Darius Baisley, it was the most polarizing topic the Thunder had. Because you have a whole new group of young players that you get attached to, that you start rooting for. And as you look ahead to the roster construction and the draft picks and all that stuff down the line, you see the roster crunch coming and it's easy to throw out this underperforming player at the time without the context of, Hey, he's still only 20 years old, 21 years old. He didn't go to college. And until this stretch, he'd not been put in the proper spots to succeed. Now I'll sit here all day long and call Mark an elite coach and, I think he's the best coach that Thunder have ever had, and I think that he'll prove that moving forward. A lot of people do not judge coaches until they get to the postseason, but if you watch him night in and night out, you see that the things he's doing and implementing are better than what the Thunder have ever had. Just does not have the record success yet because the rosters are totally different than what other coaches started out with with the Thunder. But one shortcoming, or if you want to label it a different way, one kind of consequence of all of this has been Darius Baisley and he suffered in a role that he's not meant for. He's not meant to stand in the corner and sit around. Now we're never going to know the true answer. If you ask Mark, he's going to blame himself. If you ask Baisley, he'll blame himself. We're not going to know whose decision was it to sit in the corner for a lot of last season and a lot of this season. But you're seeing what I've been saying since before the bubble, whenever I took over this podcast in, in, in May of uh, 2020, you're seeing it on display right now that Baisley, when he's aggressive, when he's going downhill, when he's cutting to the basket, when he's in the dunker spot, he's playing more of that small ball five type of role on both ends of the floor. He's a really good player because he's so athletic. He's not going to ever be a corner spot up shooter. That's all he does. That's, that's never going to be his game. You cannot shoehorn him into being a corner spot up shooter. That's detrimental to his game. And so when he has the opportunity to be aggressive and cut baseline and sit in the dunker spot and is used properly, it's sustainable and it creates these big games. I'm very happy for Baisley, obviously. Um, I'm happy uh, that he's made it uh, a turnaround and a turning point in his career this last stretch of games. And obviously as somebody who created the whole building block Baisley tagline i'm happy for myself that he's turned it around and looks a lot better but the the big thing here is while it's nice to have these flashy games and you score 25 points and you know had a great game against memphis as well and yada 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 it's more important to look at how real is this versus 
well as it's just a product of injured players and more usage and uh, that type and you know, opponent, that type of thing. In this case scenario, I don't worry about it being a, a, a product of, hey, there's only SGA and Darius Bates on the floor. Somebody has to score. Somebody has to take shots. Somebody has to, to do the workload. I don't view it that way. I view it more so as you're seeing a stylistic change in the way that Darius Baisley is playing and being used. And when he's playing and being used like this, this is the kind of player he's he is. And, and when you go back and look at all of his big games, they all look like this, no matter who's on the floor with him. When he has a big game, he's moving off ball. He's cutting. He's sitting in the dunker spot. He's being aggressive and being measured while being aggressive. That was one of the biggest points to me last, last night. 25 points is on fire, is feeling it, just has that lob dunk from SGA, has these highlight you know, real plays, and yet he still stayed composed. He still passed the ball. He didn't just try to attack the rim uh, on a swarming defense in the paint. He made the right decisions. He didn't do the whole isolation because I'm feeling it. I'm going to spin around in, in traffic and lose the ball. Last night, he had two turnovers. One was just a, uh, you know, a kind of airmail pass that just, you know, got away from everybody because we're all, you know, everyone's moving and uh, there's a lot of different moving parts in that. So I, I think that the the most, you know, the best part about this for the Thunder and for Darius Baisley is, as Mark said after the game, this is sustainable. This is stuff you can duplicate. This isn't Baisley hitting seven threes and just all, you know, all of a sudden hitting from the corner, which he's not going to do consistently. He did hit four threes in this game, but again, this is not just a product of a circumstance. It's a product of a style, a style that you want to continue, a style that you want him to be in. So I'm very happy for Darius Baisley. I think that this is legit. I think that this is a, it should be a wake up call to everybody involved. Again, we're never going to know whose quote unquote fault it is, but this is the way you play when you have Darius Baisley on the floor. And if you do that, you put him in a, in a situation to succeed. And we'll see how long this lasts. We'll see what this means for the future. But this is yet another flash of why at 21 years old, and as athletic as he is, you do not give up on basically because the defense has already come around. This year, that's been the most consistent part of his game. And arguably the only cons- consistent part of his game is how good he is defensively. Now that he's in a position to, position to succeed offensively, he becomes a complete player. And you just love to see that from Baisley. Coming up, we're going to talk about SGA and the RSS Thunder team and this game against the Hornets. But first, I want to say right now, but good friends over at built at bet.com. Bet online is where you want to be. It's that time of year again for college basketball. The, the tournament's in full swing from the latest odds, contests, player props. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Bet online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagerings, information, and needs this season, including live bets and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head over to the website today or even use your mobile device and check it out and learn more about the trends and actions. It's BetOnline, where the game starts, BetOnline.net. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. Thank you for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Check out the Locked On Now podcast, a nightly recap of 
every NBA game from the night before with a breakdown from our local experts. It's free and available across all platforms, including the platform of YouTube. So go check that out as well. Lockdown Thunder is also free and available across all platforms and on YouTube. So make sure you go check us out as well. We talked about at the top of the show, a loaded week coming up for Lockdown Thunder. So you want to be a part of it and make sure you subscribe every single day. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's dive in now to the rest of this game against the Hornets. Obviously, the big story was Darius Baisley, but you cannot say enough how good SGA is. He is simply elite at getting to the rim and finding ways to score 32 points, five assists, eight rebounds, three turnovers, five fouls in this one, 36 minutes in this game, three for seven, three for seven from three, 60% from the floor, five for five from the free throw line. The fact that he is scoring in an efficient clip while being the only player you have to game plan for and you have to zone in on and you have to hone in on and you have to account for and respect it's just jaw dropping on what these numbers will look like as you put pieces around him who you can't sag off of. I mean, Olivier Sar was in the game and he started this game and he played well, but the caveat to that was Plumlee played below the free throw line against Sar. And for a Garden SGA, whose main source of points and the main source of offense comes at the rim when your center gets to play below the free throw line that helps you combat, you know, scoring at the rim. If you just kind of put it blankly on paper, however, SGA is so good, even with you packing the paint, even with that slight advantage, SGA still scores at a high clip and scores 32 points on 60% efficiency from the floor. And so it's not a knock on Saar or Roby or Baisley or Poku or whoever is still healthy on this team, whoever's playing around SGA. It's just highlighting how good SGA is that he can overcome any lineup. You throw out there any player, and he's going to be able to overcome it and score at will at the rim. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I don't know how you stop him. I don't know how you stop SGA at the rim. Because if having the advantage of Olivier Saar playing, you know, over 30 minutes in this game and starting the contest playing 32 minutes and going 0 for 1 from 3, if that advantage is not enough for you to combat SGA's rim scoring, and granted, the Hornets, you know, are not the longest, lengthiest team in, in the world. I mean, they did start Mason Plumlee at center, who's 6'11. Despite all that, if, if Saar being out there as the starting center, along with Baisley, who went four for nine from three, but again, typically you're not going to see him knock down a ton of threes. Maldon, who went 0 for four from three, and Trey Mann, who is respected and does a great job of spacing the floor because you have to respect him from way beyond the arc, not just at the, at the line itself, but 
he can extend to the hash and sit there and you have to defend it because he can comfortably make that shot. So Trey Mann goes a long way in space in the, space in the floor for the Thunder and SGA. But we can all admit, while we like these individual players, collectively right now, this is not the group that you want long-term. It shows in the record. It shows in the scoreboard. It shows in every aspect. And yet SGA is still able to thrive. And SGA is still able to thrive at the rim. It's just, it's just incredible. And, and it just shows you how special he is and how much of a ceiling there still is to his game, right? He's not at that ceiling yet. There is still room to improve simply by improving the team around him, simply by improving the weapons around him. And so it's another great game from him. Uh, I think that he outperformed John Morant and LaMelo Ball. However, I, I don't want that to be the storyline from this week, right? Because LaMelo Ball and his team won 134 to 116. Like if he, if he, uh, you know, if he was called upon to uh, shoot, uh, you know, 20 times like SGA was, he could put up over 30 points. I want to, I want to highlight that as even a team like the Thunder, who is one of the worst teams in the league record wise and, and, you know, is not having the playoff type of season, obviously, as they, as they inch closer and closer to the worst record in the NBA and they only have 20 wins, even the Thunder have bona fide must-watch highlight players. And it just kind of goes to show how impressive this league is and how fun this league is. I mean, it's fun watching Terry Rozier hit off-balance threes and mobile threes. Miles Bridges is a joy to watch. LaMelo is incredible to watch. And... Terry Ogier, I mean, yes, he had that huge run in Boston where he got kind of the highlights, but he's not even brought up in the conversation of, you know, young guards or not young guards, but, you know, top guards to watch or most fun players to watch. And he's extremely fun to watch. And again, it's not a knock on Terry Ogier. It's just a, a statement of how deep this league is. I mean, this league is so, it is in such great hands, right? Because even whenever LeBron retires, whenever that may be, two years from now, five years from now, 20 years from now, Whenever he's gone, and that's the best player in the league right now, but whenever he's gone, you still got Luka, you still got Ja, you still got SGA, LaMelo, you still got all these young players who are blossoming before our eyes. And every team in the NBA has a guy who you want to go out of your way to watch. Every team. And most teams have multiple. And that is extremely good for the health of the sport long term. I do want to talk about Lindy Waters. I do want to talk about Vic Critchie coming up on the Lockdown Thunder podcast and how they kind of factor in to the Thunder long-term. But we have to stay here with Pokashevsky because the propaganda around Pokashevsky continues to grow strong. 17 points, five assists, five rebounds. He did have six turnovers, two for five from three, 54% from the floor, played some center in this game. Looks like he's going to continue to play that role as the Thunder deal with injuries. He's showing some nice flashes. And this is a great end to the year for Pokashevsky as we continue to play the stretch out of the season. And I said before the year started, the, the Poku jump that we all are waiting for and hoping for might not come year one to two. It might come year two to three. And this is a great foundation to lay as a 19, 20 year old heading into a fully functioning off season. And I just cannot wait to see what, what Poku looks like next year. The, all-star potential 
I say is still there for Poku. Now, that would take him hitting his top 1% ceiling. And a lot of players, in fact, the majority of players, do not hit their top 1% ceiling. But it's still there, and the flashes are there. And much like Baisley, circling back to that conversation, what's been impressive throughout this last two weeks for Poku is that while his success increases, his willingness to play within the system and within his role stays the same. He doesn't try to do too much. He doesn't start feeling himself and like have those bloopers that he had last year. And, and you can make a huge highlight reel of bloopers, uh, you know, from last year. And even this year, I mean, remember the, the outlet pass from Josh Gay to Poku where all he had to do was dunk the ball, but he tries to go for the reverse and gets uh, you know, stuffed on the rim. Those kind of things are happening less and less to Poku. And it's just showing his maturity within the game and within the NBA. So it's great to see but coming up. We'll talk Lindy Waters and Dick Critchie coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now, my friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right. 20 years ago, you probably couldn't even write an email properly. But what you could do is you could go to rockauto.com and find all the parts that your car would ever need. In fact, my favorite part about rockauto.com is that I know nothing about cars. Absolutely nothing. But I don't have to know anything about cars. All I got to know is my make, my model, my year, and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way I'm not wasting time, effort, or money on parts I cannot use or parts I do not need. And they're not going to upcharge me because they don't know that I'm a beginner. If you walk into an actual auto parts store, they're going to know right away that you are a beginning level person looking for car parts. Not at rockout.com, obviously, because rockout.com will have you covered with everything you need. So go there right now. Tell them that Lockdown sent you and they had you hear, uh, hear about this box and they'll know what to do from there. Rockauto.com, a family-owned business serving you online for 20 years. Again, tell them Lockdown sent you and the how did you hear about this box and know what to do from there. Lockdown sent you. Rockauto.com, amazing selection. Reliably low prices of the parts your car will need. Rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. For your next listen, go check out Locked On NBA. It's a podcast taking you around the NBA every single day, and you can get caught up in the association. Subscribe to Locked On Thunder wherever you get your podcast from. Let's wrap up the show here with Lindy Waters and Vit Critchie. Vit has a great game, 12 points, 2 assists, 3 rebounds, 4 for 6 from 3, 0 for 1 from inside the arc. He just needs his defense to come around. I'm still not sure what Vit is like is he actually a piece moving forward is he somebody that the thunder are going to keep around as this roster crunch continues to get more you know real down the line of this rebuild maybe i wouldn't rule it out like remember with gabriel deck i was always uh saying that you know there's no way he's going to be a, a thunder player long term he in no way fits I, I wouldn't say that that's the case with vit that there's no way i would say though it's an uphill battle for sure 
but he's still 21 years old and he's 6'8 and he has some nice ball handling features, some nice passing features. And of course, is a nice shooter. If he can develop defense, that'd go a long way for him. He's still only 21 years old. He's not 26, 27 like Gabriel Deck was. And the Thunder clearly invested in him by having him rehab all year long last year with the team and with the organization, with the Blue. Uh, and now this year, he's going to get some playing time down the stretch and already has gotten a lot of playing time down the stretch. With Lindy Waters, the third, I feel much more comfortable that he has the goods and he can stick around in the NBA. I think that he's shown a ton of potential as a three-point shooter. I think he's a nice off-ball player as well with high awareness of how to relocate and find his spot and how to be poised enough to get those flybys on the pump fake and stand his ground whenever defense flies over him and reload and get the shot up and nail it. Much like Vit, though, uh, he, he you know, Lindy Waters, I think, is more athletic than Vit, in my opinion. But much like Vit, he just needs to work on his defense. If he can get that defense this offseason up to a passing grade, so to say, up to a playable grade, then he for sure has a, a standing spot in this league, which is incredible considering his you know track record of you go from high school to Oklahoma State and to the semi-pro leagues, then you try out for the blue and you make it, then you get a two-way deal, and then maybe even stick around the NBA for a lengthy career. I think that it shows that the Thunder are invested in Lindy Waters by the fact that they gave him a two-year two-way deal and locking up one of those two two-way spots on Lindy Waters. Uh, of course, it's easy to break those commitments, but you, you know you wouldn't really want to on Lindy Waters. And now you've quote-unquote limited yourself, right? As you head into the next draft cycle, there's going to be undrafted guys who you might like, and you only have now one spot to utilize on undrafted guys who you like or other two-way players who you like, but they kind of fall by the wayside of their organizations. You only have one spot to play with now that you've, that you've kind of allowed Lindy Waters to have that two-year, two-way deal. Again, it's not like it's going to be unmovable to get out of that deal if you wanted to, but you don't really want to. So with Lindy Waters, it's shown a commitment to invest in his development. He seems like a really hardworking guy and somebody that can uh, take that investment and utilize it and kind of fulfill it, so to say. And so if he comes back next season and he's a passable defender or better with his shooting ability, with his with his awareness in the basketball floor and his ability to process you know, the game of basketball, I think that with all those things, he can be a really solid NBA player. That is, is that's not an all-star, an all-star or a starter or anything like that, but it is a rotational piece, which for a guy who was playing in the semi-pro Edmund League not too long ago, that's an incredibly fun story. And so I think that Lindy Waters uh, does have the goods. I mean, you're going to hear from Richard Stamen tomorrow about the NBA draft and the March Madness tournament. But one thing he said off the air after we kind of closed up shop from that episode was, hey, I was watching the Thunder these last couple of nights, and I like Lindy Waters a lot. That's somebody from the outside who's not invested in the Thunder emotionally telling you that you know Lindy Waters has some stuff that pops on film. But the Thunder do fall to the Hornets. It was a simple game, really, when you get down to it. You know, the Thunders was, were really good offensively in the first quarter. Uh, they got up 18 points, and they got down 22 points. It was a tale of two halves, and really a tale of the first quarter to the to the last three quarters, but a tale of two halves. Four lead changes, eight times tied, uh, 50 points in the paint for the Thunder, 48 for the Hornets, 17 lead changes for OKC. Uh, I should say second 17 second chance points for OKC, 10 for the Hornets. Fast break points goes 14 to 12 to the Thunder advantage. The Thunder also out-rebound Charlotte, 57 to 42. OKC had uh, 18 turnovers. The Hornets had five. OKC shot 46% from the floor, 36% from three, and 84% the line. Here's the difference, though. The Hornets shoot 53% from the floor, 57% from three, 
and 76% at the line. The Hornets made 23 pointers. Melo Ball had 21 points on five made threes. OKC dominates the first quarter 41 to 29, but lose the next three quarters. The Hornets score 27 points off of turnovers. OKC had six points. So whenever you make, you know, 23s in the game and you just dominate the turnover margin by that much, yeah, you're going to win. You're absolutely going to win. The Thunder bench got outscored 45 to 33, obviously misleading a bit because of how many bench players are out for the Thunder and remain out moving forward. But my Moneyball pick was SGA. It was actually Baisley who had four. My MVP pick for this game, though, is Darius Baisley. He deserves it, played really well in this game, uh, and we cannot wait to see what the future holds for him. Again, tomorrow's show is a preview of March Madness, all about the NBA draft. Make sure you check it out. Subscribe for free across all platforms, including the platform of YouTube, a loaded week. So subscribe. Until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.